Welcome to the Sports Gloss with Justin and Jamal. Friday, August 4th, and we are back on the Sports Gloss. Justin and Jamal live from Little Owl Studios. The pride of Glen Allen, Virginia, Jamal Cox is back and in the flesh. Three and a half weeks in his home state. Feels so good. We're reunited, JC. How are you, pal? I'm elated to be back. Good to see you. Good to be back in the saddle. Let's go. How's the re-entry? How's it been since you landed back on, on home turf? It's good, man. I feel refreshed and relaxed and kind of have a fresh uh, perspective on things back in Vic. So it, it's nice to stop living out of a suitcase. Nice to get back to your, your material possessions, your things, the beautiful weather here, seeing your lovely face and all my family and friends here. So Nice to get good. away. Nice to come home. Exactly. Yeah, mm. it was good. You did a wonderful job. Wonderful job carrying the sports gloss while you were away from your dad's basement or your cousin's spare room or wherever the hell you did it. Listen to every second of it. Thought you did a really, really great job, pal. And props to you on that. Appreciate it. That's fun. Now let's talk. Let's talk a little bit. I've, I listened to the Fs. Like I said, I want to get into a couple of hot topics. I want to, I got a, got a couple of things in my craw. First and foremost, pay me a, a quick little scene of the tennis you engaged in oh, yeah. last weekend. Give me a little bit of that. How was that? Pros and cons, please. It was great. So we went Saturday and Sunday. Pros, it was cheap. Had access to everything as qualifiers. So essentially, except for some high VIP level seating, you mm. could sit anywhere in any of the stadiums. And another pro, it's so intimate. Mm. And what You're I right mean there. By, you can feel it. You're... Uh, yeah, everything, the all the stadiums are really, really uh, close together, not a bad seat in the house. And as well, where the athletes are doing their warm-up as far as like their practice courts and mm-hmm. like their, you know, gym setup, it's all visible. It's all integrated into the park. Some great thoughts for you on the Sports Gloss IG. Follow us on Instagram at the Sports Gloss of you and some 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 players, you know, snapping selfies, breaking bread, making friends. Oh, yeah. I talked to Andy Murray's mom for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> but also, yeah, spent some time with some uh, players on the men's and women's side that are inside Neat. the top 100. Neat. Really cool. Just people walking by and me being the tennis encyclopedia that I am. I'm like, hey, there's Michael Moe. Hey, there's uh, Yoshi Nishioka. And just stopping people. And they were very gracious for their time to sign my kids, uh, sign an autograph for my kids, mm-hmm. take a photo with me. Did your kids have the the huge, the massive tennis ball, that big sucker the size of uh, a ring camera? <laughs> they, they got it. the uh, Not the big one, but the, like a size down. Sure. Saved uh, a couple bucks on that, eh, Jason? Yeah, it was, the, it was the worst 25 US Julia ever spent each, by the way. She made a comment about that when Dante was dribbling it like it was a basketball. I was like, you're going to smudge it. You're going to smudge the autograph. We pushed through the queue for that. Oh, man. Uh, how's DC? I've never been there. Upstairs, your son told me that you guys maybe saw President Biden as he wheeled by. What's the vibe in DC these days? Briefly, if you can. Yeah, it could have been President Biden. It could have been the Prime Minister of Italy. It, I could, don't know. Could have been could anybody? Have, could have been anybody. It was at night we're just rolling back it's fun though in an uber and it's you see this though. this 
yeah, this uh, caravan cavalcade, whatever you want to call it, of, of all of this uh, law enforcement and mm-hmm. illegally tented uh, black vehicles, and you think, oh, something's happened, something's going down, Secret Service in there. But um, yeah, it was good. D.C. is interesting, man. D.C. is a really interesting town. I grew up two hours south in Richmond, and I've been going to D.C. off and on as long as I can remember, usually to party when I was in my, my teens and stuff. is kind of the the closest cosmopolitan city so i have this connotation of that it's it being a government town you've got people from everywhere in the world because there's so many universities good point. Yeah, good point. you've got people working for various governments embassies things of that nature so always great food in dc because mm. you have that just mosaic of yes. of people from all over so i always that's something i always gravitate uh, gravitate towards Great Ethiopian food, mm. great uh, Jamaican food, great, I mean, everything you want. Great, like, tapas, great um, tacos, anything you want. So that's always really cool. But then it's also one of the most expensive cities in the U.S. Mm. And you really feel it because it's a small, densely populated, compact city, and it's block to block where you feel like, hey, I'm in a decent neighborhood Hey, this neighborhood is being gentrified. I feel okay walking around at night to, oh, what's going down over here? Like lots of just crazy stuff. So it's really interesting. Chocolate City, majority minority city, which is great. Chocolate City? Is that- yeah, yeah. Lots yeah. of black folks. So that actually really resonated with me just being at home and just like everybody looks like me or like a variation or shade of me. So that was really cool too. We went to the African American Museum as well. And that was like a really special moment. Um, Went to the Natural History Museum. Just lots of stuff to do. It's like everything is there, um, but it's expensive. (laughs) Is it more expensive than it was when you went back to visit four years ago, three years ago, six years ago? Or has it always been expensive? It's always been expensive, but I did feel that it was a little bit more expensive. Food felt like it was more expensive, which I guess is the case in most of the the Western world right now. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Uh, best thing you ate? Give me your top two things you ate. On the whole of the trip or in Washington, D.C.? The whole of the trip. Best two things I ate. Hmm. What leaps to mind? ZZQ, which right. I uh, profiled before yeah. the trip. You sent me that the, picture of that sort of burger sandwich unit? It delivered, yeah. It was a brisket, uh, brisket sandwich, and it had pickled red onions and... That my was nick- really that good. was my nickname in high school. <laughs> but that was yeah, I had that. I had a tomato pie, which was a Duke's mayonnaise special. It was like a hot tomato summer. Mm. Um, I've talked about the Hanover hot tomato summer. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Talked about the Hanover tomatoes yes. that are uh, rich and rampant in, yeah. in Richmond. Yeah, and as a result, there were a bunch of restaurants that were basically running this week of menus. They had items that were curated to go along with those tomatoes and Duke's mayo. Really? So I'm not a mayo guy, but this tomato pie I had there was amazing. It was basically like a, a tart, like a like a pie, yes. like a savory pie. Yes. Almost like a quiche with uh, ripe summer tomatoes, cheese, a little mayo, and some like some spicy things going on. Mm. And that was so good. And yeah, and then they had like jalapeno like mac that. and cheese. Everything there was good. The other one is Ito's Squid, my favorite, favorite Italian place in the world. 
and I had uh, what did I have? Spaghetti alla Marciana. Hmm. Little pork jowl. You know pork uh, jowl. Yeah, man. Ooh, that's good. Hmm. Wait, maybe Fanchetta. pork. Maybe pork jowl was my nickname in high school. <laughs> um, did you buy anyone a glass of wine or buy any any of that Italian <laughs> friendly that Italian American friendliness that you're prone to do? Great callback. I did not, hmm. but I did make some new friends. Uh, definitely I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Let's go back and let's go a little bit further south, back mm-hmm. to as mentioned, the pride of Glen Allen. How was being back in Richmond? Did you go back to VCU, home of the Rams? Let's keep it in a sporting co- context. Did you did you get to a Squirrels game? Oh yeah, these are great questions because I was I was hoping to do all those things. I got to VCU's campus. It's pretty dormant in the summer, mm-hmm. pretty vacant, but there are a lot of cool things just being on campus and seeing the renovations seeing the facilities the upgrades that they've made and the upgrades that they're gonna make to kind of see how things are gonna unfold and it's a very exciting time as an alum and you're sending them some money every month eh? you send a little chip off a chip off a little bit to vcu every month i'm done with my tithing (laughs) (laughs) that's not what you signed up for jamal (laughs) kidding no i i'm uh i've i've Give him some, a little bit of scratch here and there uh, post post the degree, but um, yeah, we were on campus a few times. It was cool just walking the kids around, nice. seeing some of the stuff. We tried to go to a campus store. We missed it just by a couple hours, or sorry, a couple of minutes, I should say. So we I didn't get to walk around and take in all the new merch. But mm. um, there's VCU merch everywhere. It's really cool. Walking no, nice around. to be back on on familiar footing and and something that. You know, it was obviously a big chunk of your life. Yeah, exactly. I have fond memories. And like I said, some things are still there as far as the physical structures and some things aren't, but the memories are there forever. And yeah, we didn't go to a squirrels game. Reason being What? Too goddamn hot. Come on, man. We wanted to go the last night we were in Richmond. We had scheduled all the stuff. We had friends we were gonna rendezvous. It was ninety eight degrees Fahrenheit. Can so I have that in Celsius, please, sir? Forty. 40? Yeah. That's pretty fucking warm. Yeah. And then on to boot the humidity. Like that's what the thermometer read. You nailed it with the 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 timing and the temperatures. It was hotter than a pistol, which leads me to my next question. Now, you sent me a picture you were in a car going somewhere and it was absolutely raining sheets. It looked like there was like 2 feet of water underneath the vehicle in front of you. Yes. Right? Like a big so we had an unexpected sort of Tropical is not the right word, but we had an unexpected sort of warm, I uh, flunked out of meteorology, meteorologist school, but we had like a warm front roll in with a thunderstorm, correct? And yeah. it was heavy and it was hot. Yeah, I was thinking of words that I don't even know if they actually have the right connotation, but I was like saying to Julia, I was like, derecho, mm. el nino. El nino, yeah. Flash flood. Mm. Say it in any language, but yeah. It was a week dicey. Ago, it was dicey. It was pretty funny. Ala derecha, did you say? Yeah, that means to the right. But go on. Let's <laughs> just make it up words. Um, we were supposed to go to a friend's house across town for dinner. It was a week ago. It was Friday, and we, Julia was looking at the radar, and we were like, "Ah, the storm's coming yeah. through." She said, "Oh, it's gonna be quick. It's gonna pass to the south. It's only gonna be a couple of minutes." My research indicates that no one expected a big storm. Maybe a little, maybe a little thunderstorm, but nothing abnormal. No, it looked. You know, it looked like it was something that's going to pass. Typical summer combustion, 
rain, go East Coast vibes. So we were about to, you know, call the Uber or whatever. And then I'm looking out and I was like, this doesn't feel right. I'm like, let's let's pause for a second. Let's take a beat. She's like, it's gonna blow through. I was like, I've gr- I grew up in this shit. Like, let's the let's- pressure. The pressure didn't feel right to you. The sky, the color, like how quickly it changed. The, I started the wind start to pick up, and sure. I was just like, I don't want to be waiting outside for the vehicle. I don't want to be in the mix in a vehicle when all the shit's happening too. I've lived through hurricanes, smart. Yeah, smart. so. Not that it was a hurricane warning or anything, but I've just, I just felt like let's let's take a beat, mm-hmm. and I'm glad we did because within ten fifteen minutes of making that decision, I got an alert on my phone like one of those override mm-hmm. kind of like amber alert emergency, emergency alert yes. type of alert yes, and it was like take shelter immediately, eighty mile per hour winds. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that's like hundred and forty or something k sure. And then also, um, they were just saying like flash flooding is gonna happen, da 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 da, all this stuff. And yeah, we hung back, and it happened, and it happened. Got in the car after sun comes back out, everything yeah. is fine. Yeah. But on the journey, half hour journey to our buddy's house, trees, huge trees, just done, falling in, in the road, just a deluge of water. Like you're driving through. All of this water, it hasn't had time to drain or anything because it's just such a large volume of water and such a small amount of time. Yeah, so quickly. And yeah, maybe I'll post it on, on the IG, but I, I sent it to you. I was like, this is a joke. Like I was in the car and the wheel well is like full of water. Hmm. And I'm just like, are we going to hydroplane? Are we going to make it to dinner? Hmm. Did you make it? We did. I heard it like I heard they're still digging out like they're still taking trees off of roads they're still pulling trees off of power lines as of yesterday like they're still dealing with the the repercussions of the storm like this is a monster now I sent you a joke that what's next cicadas I thought that was a pretty topical geographical it was uh, a nice little piece of geographical humor because that now I don't I've never seen a cicada in my life but I know it exists there like that's what's next right when we were staying at my cousin Kareem's house, uh, it was just like a more rural location prior to the DC portion of the trip. It's we. I remember we got there at night, and you just hear the cicadas, and the kids are humming, like, humming. Yeah, humming is a, a euphemism for what it sounds like. But okay, the um, can you tell me? Can you give me an like? Can you? It's like a. It's a. I don't know. I associate it like a cricket or something like a. But it's like a constant, there's like a constant fluttering. Like okay. of, of like, uh, imagine insects just rubbing their wings together constantly. It's the only thing I imagine. <laughs> and it grows mm. and, and like it ebbs and ebbs in the dips. Like it grows in sound. Like it's kind of like a mass very, communication. Very interesting. And They're talking like, to each other. Yeah. And then it's like copy and then everything kind of dissipates. Mm. So the kids were just like, what is that? What's happening? And I'm just like, oh, it's just like, the, the bugs here and they're mm-hmm. like what or should we be scared it's like no they're harmless you won't see them don't worry about them mm-hmm. but they're out there another quick bug related thing i have a bug related thing for later but also east coast and i didn't realize this until julia pointed this out to me we have uh lightning bugs and she was saying she didn't really experience lightning bugs here on the on the, the west coast i've never seen one that's so wild to me. And you saw lightning bugs in oh yeah in Virginia. They're and... everywhere. Really, it's so cool. You just dusk, 
little Neat. just like someone's just flickering a light julia had a great line she was like this seeing lightning bugs for the first time makes me realize all of the mythology and stories about fairies Ooh, that's tasty yeah Huh. And I never, and this is something that's such a standard. You were used to as a kid growing up. Yeah. They were, they were just around just like the cicadas. Yeah. So I go back and I'm just like, oh, cool, lightning bugs. Yeah. And I just did keep your, going. Did your kids get a trip out of that? Oh, yeah. Lightning bug sightings were huge. It was, it was like bad. a, oh, oh, there it is. Oh, oh, oh. Like, yeah, it's great. I think I'd agree with that. Yeah. It's, it's cool, objectively. Yeah. So the, the tennis was great. FAA was looking sinewy and strong. He looks all of 6'4". He didn't dude. make it to a squirrels game because it was too hot. Correct. Um, VCU, when they, you know, as an alumni that brought you back, he had a tour. Did did your partner and the kids get a little bit of a tickle from being back in the college, college uh, atmosphere? Doesn't hit them the same way. And I think part of the thing with VCU as well is... It's downtown. Urban campus. Mm-hmm. You nailed it. Mm-hmm. So it's woven into everything. You sent me a picture from, I think it was your cousin or your, your dad's place, if I may be so bold. It looking very green, very verdant, very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, my dad's place. And we had those summer storms throughout and spring and summer. So as a result, we don't mm-hmm. get the, the dry drought, I guess you would say, that you get in Victoria, so everything stays really, green. really green. What were you listening to mm. while you were in the homelands? Now I know you were listening to my second favorite Rolling Stone song, "Sweet Virginia." <laughs> yeah, come on down, Sweet Virginia. Now, I know you're listening to that. I need a podcast you were listening to whilst in Virginia and the East Coast, and I need a I need a tune you were listening to that maybe you played when you were getting out of the shower just kind of set the mood for your mind frame while you're there please i'll do both those and i'll give you one more i'll start with the one more so the radio i listened to a lot of talk radio and it was very dc centric like as far as like nationals washington football team or commanders sports radio or like npr thank you sorry sports radio yeah and so it was very dc centric and the drive time in the afternoon rush hour period Mm mm-hmm and then more local on the off periods and it was really interesting because it was the we'll talk about this more later but it was acc kind of media week Hmm. so there was a lot of you know prognostication about where university of virginia and virginia tech were gonna fall whether james madison is gonna have the same effect this year old dominion is gonna make any noise so that was pretty a lot of schools a lot of schools so that was pretty interesting so that was one thing Mm -hmm. the other thing you know podcasts i kept it kind of in the routine and i listened to uh ryan Rosilla. Hmm. he had a couple of good guests he had t-mac on he had tracy mcgrady on i saw that i haven't listened it was a good listen may or may very not. candid yes um i would suggest listening to at least that segment uh-huh. and then he had another a friend of mine used to date a girl and we always said oh she's got t-mac eyes <laughs> Is that derogatory or no? It just means she's not a looker. No, she was a looker. She just oh. kind of had like kind of low slung eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Low and slow. If derogatory, edit it out. I okay. stand by it though. Okay, I get it. It's it's maybe I knew ex- it's a vivid picture you paint with those words. She wasn't a wide, wide and bright. She no. was low and slow. Yeah, man. Like a brisket. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're the griddle top king. So I'm getting there. Getting there. Yeah. But yeah, there was uh, Rosillo, and then the song. I What's listened- the song? 
so this is really interesting. I listened to a lot of classic rock while I was there. Okay. And I also listened. What kind of stuff? What kind of classic rock? Get the lead out. There's mm. some Zeppelin. Wow. There's Leonard Skinner. Mm. There was. You are getting deep in the South. <laughs> hey. For sure. So there was a lot of that stuff. Uh, some blues and things like that. But yes. you know what? There was like a station that was playing kind of like 90s all over the map. Nice. And twice hmm? I heard Nirvana's Come As You Are. Hmm. And so that, felt, that felt good? It stayed in my head, yeah, because I was thinking about first, probably that was probably freshman, sophomore year of high school, grade 9, grade 10. And I'm thinking about... You're slanging ice cream down at the <laughs> fucking... What's the name of it? Jelani Celeste. Thank you. But I'm, Did you take the kids by either the ice cream shop or the old theater that you used to work at, where they have your jersey in the rafters? <laughs> Didn't either. You didn't? No. Come on, man. We decided to go to somewhere else in D.C. that had $7 scoops of ice cream. And also Big Face Coffee Affogados. Shout out to Jimmy Jimmy B. Yeah. Himmy's Himmy's Coffee. Yeah, yeah. Was it it good? Was Jimmy Butler's coffee good? I didn't have it. I had a... You're not uh, a coffee drinker. No, I had a mint chip. How do you live? Ice cream is amazing. I live well. And staying in the sporting realm, Jamal, you're there south of the border, familiar faces, familiar places. We're talking about intake, we're talking about music, we're talking about podcasts and and what some of those old songs conjure up. ESPN, right? Yeah. Fox Sports. Yeah. Did you ingest any of those products while you're at the hotels and the family and friends where you're staying? And also... As a to those listening, Fox Sports doesn't exist in Canada. We cannot get it here. What the hell's happening on Fox Sports? Like, I know that idiot Skip Bayless is there doing whatever hot garbage he's doing daily. You know, Uncle Shannon's left, right? Yeah. But so, what's happening on Fox Sports? What did you take in? What did you like? What did you not like? That's happening in ESPN. And 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 I'll preface that with saying. You're there in the summer. It's not exactly peak season. So there's a lot of filler there. A lot of what's happening there. Give me a snapshot of that, please. This is a great call. Uh, Great question. I ingested a lot of that because the week that I was off of work and just house sitting and it was hotter than Hades outside, I stayed in a a bunch during the day Mm -hmm. and I just would watch kind of mid-afternoon lead up to like uh, Pardon the Interruption and, and those sorts of shows. And I was flipping back and forth just kind of comparing what's the NFL network showing what's Fox showing so it's the same kind of pattern with Fox Sports where they'll have their morning show with like ESPN has um was a get up mm-hmm. with Greeny and all those guys so it's a mirror image they would have Fox Sports would have I can't remember who but they have a crew of folks yeah, yeah. kind of going through Nick Wright topical day yeah exactly yeah. doing the topical things of the day yeah here are like the hot topics. But the thing that I found interesting later in the day, a show that resonated with me, Fox Sports, was Speak. It's just called Speak. And it's hosted by Joy Taylor, Jason Taylor's uh, sister. who's yeah. who's been a longtime Fox Sports person, yep. used to be part of Colin Cowherd's show. Exactly. And now has sort of established herself to have her own show. Yeah. So she was hosting. Easy on the eyes too, if I'm being honest. Same here. Yes. Yeah. Totally in agreement. And she's very laid back. Like if I remember laid from laid back, mind of my money and the money of my mind. She if kind of carries on that vibe she had mm. on Cowherd, where she's kind of the 
mm-hmm. kind of just facilitating. She's smart. I yeah. like her. So it was her, and I guess they have a few standard folks like Manuel Acho and like a few other guys, but they had, I guess, kind of rotated and had some new folks in for the week, and one of them was Shady McCoy. Really? LaShawn McCoy was really interesting and captivating on TV. And he's making a big media push right now. Rumor, yeah. rumor to replace the aforementioned Uncle Shannon Sharp with okay. dipshit Uncle Skip. Yeah. Yeah. I like... Is he good? I like him. He needs more polish. That's my quick take. Did anyone reach out to you saying if you wanted to get out there? <laughs> are you and I Are you and I moving to the Fox Sports Studios, which I believe is in LA? Are we headed that way? No, not Soon. yet. We're Soon, working. my friend. We're Soon. working on it. Yeah, but that show interesting was, was really good, and it was just going through the same topical things, running backs, not yeah. getting. At least listen. he's an expert on that. He was. He sure had some he is. Really great takes. Sure, on he did. It. Interesting. Interesting. Your partner and kids had a nice time being in Virginia. Like this is a big trip. You guys do this every year. Overall, it was an enjoyable experience. We're going to get into the sort of travel malaise of it all and the trials and tribulations of that in terms of coming and going in a second. But you guys, has a, you guys had a nice time. Nice to be home. Nice to see some family. Yes, we had a good time. Checked all those boxes. Nice to see family and friends. My kids, and I don't know if your kids experienced this in the summer. I think your kids are better or have a different vibe than my kids in the summer but my kids are like i said before <laughs> they were love their screens and with things being 35 40 degrees on mm-hmm. some of the days you can only go out for a bit then you sure. come back in sure and inevitably your uh kids screen, are screen limit soldiers yeah so they the screen but, dance is a tough one i've got i've got some thoughts on that not at you but just in general but we can get there later and sure when we get into jk's parenting segment <laughs> They spent more time than I would imagine on screens. Mm. Uh, sorry, more time than I would like, I should say, and mm. imagine. But mm-hmm. you could see it developing because it's summer vacation. There's a lack of routine. Mm-hmm. You could see it developing into this from a want to a need in their minds. Mm. And that was painful. It's tough, it's a tough dance. Because I'm like, hey, I'm having to convince you to step away from this device, which you could play this game. Mm. You could look at this thing anytime. You could look mm. at this thing in a, in a week. You could look at this thing in a, a month from now. But, they, still can't, gonna... but they can't compute that. No. And it's funny because there's no logic there. There's no, like, you know, the glazed over eyes. And, and when they're just sitting there, like, in minute 15. <sighs> Screen time, man. It's a delicate It's a delicate thing, man. Yeah. It's well, a... The thing I was I was trying to reconcile with is, is like I don't like the screen time for screen time for screen time's sake. Like just like just shove them in front of it, babysitter. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, sure, survive in advance, do mm-hmm. what you got to do. Mm-hmm. But other times, it shouldn't be this thing to kind of satiate. I feel like there should be some purpose behind it. Like maybe you're watching something that is a little bit more intellectual sure. or engaging. Sure, it's not just a sure. take 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 sure. like. Uh, you know, endorphins, synapses firing, addictive uh, algorithm. I would, I would just to push back. I would argue, I'm not sure what that is, but I'm gonna believe you. There's something out there in that category. Well, you don't have Netflix, so I yeah. and there's a reason. There's a reason. <laughs> it's by design. Uh, there's a line I've heard. I'm not gonna attribute it to anyone 
but uh, someone once said, yeah, don't try cocaine. You might like it too much. <laughs> Great line. I think it was Rick James. Um, you saw some family that you don't see too often. You saw your parents. You saw your, some cousins. What's it like... What's it like seeing your mom and dad and go into this to whatever level you want and you feel comfortable with? Yeah. What's it like seeing your mom and dad who you only see, I'm guesstimating, once or twice a year? What's that like? And everybody's getting older. And certainly people, I'm guessing your parents in that category, they're certainly getting older now and up in years. What what was that like for you and, and taking that in, right? You know what? Those interactions have changed over the years, especially in this last, I'd say, like five years or so. Part of it being pandemic, but I think also part of it being the ages that both I'm at in my life and my experiences I've had and then their age. So for me, you know, I think it was something I took for granted frequently. It was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go home next next year, Mm -hmm. see my parents X amount of times while I'm there, whatever, rinse and repeat. And now it's starting to feel like, okay, they're getting older. They're slowing down physically, mm-hmm. um, maybe even a little bit mentally. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I want to be more present and cherish those moments a bit more. And there is an internal clock where I'm thinking, okay, I want to spend this much time when I'm there with them doing this. I'm a little bit more deliberate when I'm trying to hang out with them and doing activities. And then were you able, sorry to cut you off, were you able to kind of like slow it down and just be like, hey, I'm, I'm hanging with my mom or my dad with my family and like I'm just going to be really, put the iPad away and just be like, yeah, just really focused on that because those moments only happen a couple times a year and, and they're getting old. Like were you able to kind of, kind of centralize and focus on that, JC, if I, if I can ask that? We had some instances of that, like Nico and my dad played catch. They'd never done that before, Neat. and that was really cool. Neat. Just having that kind of cross-generation, whatever it is, like three generations mm-hmm. out there How old's your playing dad? catch. Dad is, this year, November, will be 72. And your mom? Um, 67 this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So definitely, like, moving slower than they had before, and, like, I think the part, a part of that, that I'm coming to realize along with like mortality and everything is just, you don't know when your elders are going to hit that cliff Mm -hmm. and how steep that cliff's going to be. Yeah. And what I mean with that is just like physical ability, mental ability, things of that nature where it's like, I had a friend when I went home, his mom suffered a stroke, changed everything in his life because she's paralyzed on one side now. So they had to find care for her, rehab, all of these things. And that was not predicted and happened, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago. And he was still feeling the ripple effects of that. Not Changed everything. Not to be too dark, but that's the reality of the situation. I think when we're getting to this point, if we're still fortunate enough to have uh, our parents, and I'm holding on by a thread that I still Mm -hmm. have my grandparents on my maternal side, which I know is... um, fortunate for being my 40s yeah absolutely so nice man yeah so did you did you have excuse me and again if i may be so bold did you think to yourself 
How many more times am I going to see your dad, Milton? Shout out to Milton. I did. Yeah. Cross my mind. Kind of a trippy thought. Yeah. I, you know, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and tribute Bill Simmons and cousin Sal had this conversation at one point on one of their podcast episodes and it really stuck with me amidst all of their like frivolity. Like they have some deep, (laughs) deep conversations and that was one of them because both of those guys are West coast transplants from the East coast. And I'm, you know, doing the the difference, uh, sorry, doing the opposite there where I've been here in Victoria for nine years. I see my dad once a year. They don't really come out here. So I try to get the you know best bang out of for my buck, if you will, when mm-hmm. I'm there. But I'm thinking, yes, clock's ticking. That's on my radar. How many more times if I don't move back? How many more times? And that is scary. And your point honestly. about your point about falling off the edge of the cliff and plateauing. And as someone who's gone that gone through that in my own experience, that's very accurate, right? Like, what's our time left here? What does it look like? Is it quality time, or are we just you know burning the clock here at the end those those last two or three chapters cross our fingers knock on wood hopefully they're hopefully they're okay and as good as possible that's a great point the quality of life at that phase of life or that chapter as well as something that needs to be considered because you might be become a caretaker for your parent or getting old ain't easy man yeah it ain't easy on anybody yeah i'm seeing witnessing my mom be a caretaker for her parents right now kind of going through that and, and the trials and tribulations of that so it's tough um so yeah i'm sure she's working really hard doing that yeah, and it's just kind of scary or sad in a way. To, I don't know if sad's the right word, but I, I could tell that it hit her because she was thinking, you know what? I didn't think I was gonna be a. I was gonna be in a point in my life doing where, this, doing this, like yeah. f- doing physical things that my father can no longer do. Yeah, yeah, for himself. And being a bit grandiose, and if I may, it's like you know we're gone. For- you know, it's the circle of life, right? We're wiping the baby's ass and then we're wiping the yep. the person who can no longer do that at, at an elder age. Yeah. It's wild, man. It's wild. Benjamin Button. That's right. I'm, I'm going in that direction, JC. I'm trying. I'm not at all. <clears throat> I'm hanging on by a thread. <laughs> on a lighter note, you got bit by a dog guy. We hugged it out earlier. <laughs> How's the rabies? <laughs> <sighs> The foaming is, is, uh, has subsided. subsided. Thank you. Yeah, we pushed the pod from Thursday to Friday because you were frothing at the mouth <laughs> yesterday. Thanks for... I just can't stop salivating. Thanks for delaying. And let's be clear. And let's put our cards on the table here, okay? We're going to open up this sports glass Uh-oh. truth truth trunk. Uh-oh. The truth trunk's opening. Just being you here. Neither you nor I are big dog people. No. We're not dog people. I don't, I don't think it's in the cards for myself or my family to get a dog that's not something i'm interested in different strokes for different folks that's not something i want to do i'm guesstimating based on our conversations in this category i don't think you guys are headed that way no how's the rabies (laughs) you know what i still was checking the other day (laughs) when i woke up and i was hung over the other day I was just like, do I have symptoms? <laughs> no, I'm just hungover. I blame that effing dog. I just bring the dog. I just like my, you know, my liver ain't livering like it used to. A dog bite. What it's kind of dog was it again? Corgi. Corgi. Ferocious beast, the corgi. <laughs> Told you the queen sent a hit. 
Bitch king of the jungle him. the corgi um and i think the queen to your point i think the queen heard your your bashing of colonialism <laughs> and she sent said corgi over she sent zach the corgi over to nip ya he got me man it was rough Jeez. let's talk travel yeah you had like a 24 22 hour travel day to get there i'm guesstimating probably the same on the way back that wasn't that excessive it was like 13 hours everybody survive in advance on that you know the way there was are, easier when you're in the airport are you yeah. um do you eat do you have uh do you have a coke zero do you have a cold beer or do you pack your own granola because you're just a west coast hippie now <laughs> that's a great question um on the way there leaving home we usually yeah we usually take some snacks and depending on the time of day and things like that like you know from flying out of victoria i usually hit like tim hortons or the starbucks and I love, my kids are addicted to Starbucks, bacon, egg, and Gouda. So we can get that anywhere globally. And I know that's like a staple food for them. So we can usually roll out with those, pack a bunch of snacks. On the way there, way more successful than the way back. And that part of that was we flew Vancouver, Toronto, DC, then drove two hours uh, roughly on the way there. On the way back, got rerouted, playing flight to Ottawa got canceled, so I had to fly to Houston, Vancouver, and we got home to Victoria. But that last leg, oh. You went to Houston? That last leg. I went to H-Town, yeah. The fattest city in North America. <laughs> Beyonce would not have you say that to her face, but. Or cholesterol's just an idea. You know what? And I swear to God, and this is not a fabrication, the two times I've been. To H-Town? In- no, just in general to mm-hmm. Texas airports. Mm-hmm. I've been in the Dallas Fort Worth DFW. Airport. I've been yeah. in DFW, yeah. And I've been in the Houston airport now. Yeah. Both times, I swear to you, within 10, 15 minutes of getting off the plane and getting away from the gate, you smell barbecue. Hmm. Delicious. Well, you're not Texas even barbecue. outside the airport? Like no, inside. Just vendors. Like there's somewhere not within a I'm sniff. Not mad at that. That has Texas barbecue. Mm. So that's a good thing. But I had uh, I ate well. I got uh, kava, which uh, I'm going to bring here one day and become a rich man. Good for you. It's basically, I'll get in. <laughs> it's basically like a Mediterranean bowl, like salad bowl made to order. Kind of like a chipotle. If you've ever been to a chipotle, listeners, you kind of come up and you're like, do I want salad? I got you. What are my grains? I got you. Do I want, you know, lemon chicken? Let's bring it lamb, up. Meatballs. Let's bring it up. Let's put one in Cook Street Village. Feta sauce. Um, when you fly, are you an aisle person, a window person, or do you just kids get the kids get what they get, and dad sits, fuck, sit on the floor, dad. You get what you get. Don't get upset. <laughs> this is a beautiful, great question because you know what? I'm full of them. I prefer the window, but I've turned into aisle dad. Yeah, I'm aisle guy too. It fucking sucks too because my elbows get battered. Mm-hmm. I like the extra room though. I like being able to stand up. Yeah. Like being able to stand up. Easy access if you need to go to the loo. Sure. And then, um, you know, easy access if you need your uh, exposed elbow getting hammered by the uh, the, steward, the, cart? the stewardess. The cart? The cart? Yeah. yeah. Give a heads up. Put a bell on that thing. Are you, uh, are you first in line to get on the plane or do you like to sit at the back of the cut and wait? Oh, I lay back. Wait for all that. Wait for everyone to get on. I lay back. Fuck those people with their platform. What's the rush? Whatever. What's the thing. Ru- so you can get inside and sit down? I never understand that. I never understand. I like being last on the plane. You know what? I like sitting in the back of the plane and being last on the plane and 
and I like if if I'm so inclined, if I have carry if you're on, so reclined. <laughs> If I have a carry on, which I now always do with fucking sure. two kids, yeah, sure. I like just getting to the back compartments yeah. where no one has traveled to, and yeah. I can store my stuff up there. I don't yeah. have to be the person who's like, oh, oh, just searching around. Like I'm sitting in 30A, but my bags are in 12F. You know? Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry, my ass in your face. Excuse me. Yeah. I had a, on the way there, we had a, a woman that wanted to sit with her parents who were a bit elderly. And um, this was a great moment because the four of us were split across an aisle. So I was on the aisle. Julia was on the other aisle. Nico, who are you flying Dante. with? Who are you flying with? Um, this time it was Air Canada and then United. And I'm going to talk about the differences in those two companies in a moment. Reunited. Yeah. So we were split across and it was pretty funny because... Uh, maybe mild racism maybe uh maybe not but the woman was sitting there uh and she was hovering and really attentive to her parents and it was seemed like there was a little bit more than meets the eye going on Mm -hmm. but she asked me if i would move so she could be closer to the parents and then i just looked at her i was like i'm with my family good for you i'm black she's white but they're my family (laughs) look at those kids (laughs) don't those kids look like this guy you see her, you see me, press them together. <laughs> Here's my ticket. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, so that was. And how did she respond when you said, no, actually I'm not moving because I'm sitting here with my family. She was immensely apologetic, very Let's, give her, let's give her that. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. She, she didn't say like her or like him or like some weird shit, you know, cause I mean. Did the kids, did the kids get it to did the kids get a tour of the cockpit? <laughs> no. Now, was that still a thing that was in our childhood days? You remember when you were on a flight? Yeah. I'll never forget flying to Toronto with yeah. my old man. And they're like, hey, you can come up and talk to the pilot in the cockpit. And you walk in there. It's all lights and switches and glitches. And you think it's the absolute cat's meow. <laughs> I know what you're saying. That doesn't happen anymore? No, Air Canada doesn't have a budget for pretzels, so that's not happening. Yeah, can I get a bag of pretzels? Yeah, it'll be six bucks. <laughs> it's the size of a moist towelette. Yeah, six bucks. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Ah, that's great, JC. Good for you, man. I'm glad you had a nice time. It's wonderful. Yeah. Can I can I shit on Air Canada for a minute? Well, I've been emailing trying to line them up as a sponsor, but proceed. <laughs> So here are my quick takes. I had to fly Air Canada on the way there. And then for a portion on the way back, I flew Air Canada, but I also flew United from D.C. to Houston. I guess there's some hubs involved there. Fortunate enough to fly United. That United flight was amazing. It was great. It was no... The service was immaculate. Or immaculate. Service was great. Hmm. Attentive is the word I'm looking for. They offered us some sort of chocolate wafer cookie thing or some other sort of fruit bar thing that I'd never seen but looked like luxurious yes. compared to the the fodder that I'm usually uh, yes. <laughs> given on a WestJet or an The Air cardboard Canada. fodder? <laughs> they actually had, you know, television screens mm-hmm. on the backs of the, uh, the headrest there. And then they also were handing out for free, gratis, mm-hmm. the... Uh, the Corded ear earphones for free for free. Okay, I got it for cheap. 
so they were handing those out and just not a thing not even worry about it i like that they gave me i said you know drink comes by by the way drink choice for me i either roll ginger ale or yingling (laughs) we got yingling up in this bitch Well, when I'm going non-alcoholic, which I usually do because I try to stay hydrated, you know, don't the feet swell up. You go anti-alcohol whilst traveling? Oh yeah, I don't drink. Well, traveling? Yeah. You're not 8 a.m. beer guy at the airport. No. Oh, no. you and I were on different I've sides of the before, bridge. Different sides of the bridge. I, I, I'm pro. I'm if, I'm pro. I'm pro. If we're in the air, yeah. It, time doesn't matter. When I used to fly on my own, when I was uh, had a job that. I had to travel a bunch for it. I would have a drink at the bar prior to. Sure. But I didn't drink on board. Mm. Um, but I like how you roll. Yeah. But I roll ginger ale, ginger ginger ale or yeah. apple juice or if neither sure. are available, cranberry of some sort Oof. or Sprite. I don't do only tomato juice like a fucking fiend. Yeah, clamato or tomato. <laughs> when I see people do that, I worry. No, we're not, like, getting our, we're not getting our we're not getting our vitamin C at thirty five thousand. Thank you very much. Give me a cold Coors Light. That's where I stand. <laughs> exactly. So I digress. So yes. So United, they don't give you like the little cup and just kind of maybe give you mm, here's seventy yeah. percent full. They maybe give you the can. Or put a bunch of ice in here to like. Yeah, yeah, I'm with they you. They give you the tall can. I got two of them on like a three-hour flight. They're like, "Oh, you want some? Here you go. You want another one? Here you go." I like that. No, I like that. Biggie, I like it was that. great. So we get on the flight, the Canada flight, the Air Canada flight. Mm. No snacks over three hours from Houston to Vancouver. No snacks. Houston to Vancouver? Yeah, that's way over three hours. That's like five hours. I think so. It? I think it's so. It's gotta be. Yeah, it was. So. As I said, no snacks unless you're going to pay. They're walking around with things like my, the My brochures. point about the pretzels. Yep. They <laughs> skimp on the drink, fill the cup with ice. And only keep that can of Canada dry, too. Oh, yeah. Whereas United, like, they were intermittently just walk by with, like, water refills. Like, hold up. You want water? You want water? Copy. Couldn't, couldn't even be bothered. So that was going. And then just the general vibe from the stewardess they felt like they were hostages i felt like they were hostages like they mm. just like they were like they didn't want to be there working against their will yeah had to pay for the headphones if you didn't have them so start contrast yeah start contrast and i mean it's a small things or whatever but i'm always observant and looking for those things so i think we need more canadian airlines to to up the ante you know monopoly equals mono- um, mediocrity now you texted me you saw jude bowery in line <laughs> Can you tell me who Jude Bowery is? I did not know who Jude Bowery was until about a, a day ago when I Googled him. But mm-hmm. I saw this very large man um, wearing a Boston College backpack and had number 71 on it. And he was waiting in the, in the security line with me in mm. D.C. Mm. nearby. And I was thinking, this guy, he's The huge. Golden Eagles. Yeah, Golden Eagles. So I'm like, this guy's got to be an, an offensive lineman sure. or a D-tackle or something. A guard. So, of course, I had to look him up. He's 6'5", 309. He's, a, he's, an, he's an offensive tackle. Big fella. He was flying back up to camp. So, huh. here's my he's question. A cur- he's an active he's a Boston College at Boston Golden College. Eagle. Yeah, yeah, offensive tackle. Let's get him on the pod. <laughs> I'll fucking get it. him on the pod. I'll work on it. He's a nice guy. But I'm looking at this 
large human mm-hmm. and he's fit too like by the way like he's he's big but like he looks agile like i could tell i was like even before i saw the backpack i was like this guy is not like just a normal you know plebe mm-hmm. walking around i was like mm-hmm. this guy's an athlete of some sort mm-hmm. so i looked him up and everything but here's my question to you or what i was thinking when i saw him like going through security i'm just thinking this guy is 20 years old or whatever a student he's probably flying he's probably just flying with the rest of us and and coach Mm -hmm. what is that like being that large Mm -hmm. i hope he doesn't get the middle seat like i feel like do we make special concessions for people over a certain size like well we probably should like he should be sitting in that exit row right like he should have that extra leg room maybe he was to park those yams on the ground right yeah, you can't be rubbing up against, you know, some some elderly couple trying to get on their vacation. Well, he, I'm just thinking exactly. Well, just alone the fact that he's got half a foot on me, and I'm already feeling like my legs are like weary from yeah. you know doing fucking V sits in this chair for four hours, yeah. and I'm just like, man, like yeah, you see what those, is that you see like? you do see some when you see some big humans in that that transportation mode on a bus or on a plane in this case mostly in a plane you're like you comfy man yeah because that's tough that's a tough that's tough and i'm sure like lower back joints and all those things i mean it's a quick flight up to boston from dc but still heart goes out to that kid i'm sure he's i'm sure he had his tomato juice on the on the plate (laughs) kept his (laughs) kept his bones lubricated yeah oh man Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about some soccer. There's a lot going on right now. Women's World Cup happening down under Australia and New Zealand. And as well, Lionel Messi is taking over North America. So I just want to get your thoughts on a few things. Lots of upsets in the Women's World Cup. Not great for Canada. Not great for a few other teams. But yeah, wanted to hear your thoughts on the chaos happening right now in the Women's World Cup. I got to be honest, JC. I got to be honest. I'm not as dialed in to the Women's World Cup as I was expecting to be, if I can make that admission. I'm not quite there. It's not just because Canada has been bouncing the group stage. I did get my crew up. I did get my crew up early, early to watch the second half of the game against Ireland. Um, I had some friends in town on the weekend, and I sort of misplaced the start time of um, Canada's last group stage game. So it's not just the Canadian angle. I think it's sort of the time. That being said, I do think as we roll forward, we're now through the group stage, we're going forward. I'm into what the Americans do. I will, I think my attentiveness in the Women's World Cup is only going to build, but I haven't quite got into it yet like I thought I would. I thought I would dive right in, but I haven't quite got there yet. What I've seen I've liked. I'm just not as hooked yet as I thought I will be. I think as the uh, as we work through the stages leading up, you know, through the the knockout rounds, I think I'll I'll think I'll get hooked. I'm just not there yet to speak candidly. Something that you said a moment ago resonated with me and that was being on the East Coast and really feeling that palpable difference in the time difference mm-hmm. of when sporting events stop or sorry, start and stop. And I think there's something like 17 hours difference Mm. between here and parts of Australia. 
which is crazy. So I totally can attest to what you're saying because I did also caught I caught that Ireland Canada game that just happened to be up, but it was like an eight o'clock start right. for me on the East Coast right. versus like a five or whatever here, and then as well the U.S. Netherlands match was a late start, but it was in a feasible window for me. We've that, talked about this before, how how I think that actually the best sports viewing place to be is the the Western time zone, like yeah. the, or the the Pacific time zone, and then and then your boy Rosilla would say the the Western time zone, right? Alberta, Colorado. Oh, like the mountain, the mountain yeah. time zone. Thank you. And and this may be a case where, based on as you stated, these seventeen hour time difference in different parts of um, New Zealand and Australia, that maybe being on the East Coast makes it a little more you know, feasible, attainable because these matches are happening early in the morning. They're not late at night when maybe you're staying up late and you can't fall asleep and you kind of get into something or, you know, like, yeah, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., that's tough. Yeah, there was like a 10 p.m., I want to say, or like a 9 p.m. start time for one of the matches, which was was a nice way to run out the night with a nightcap. And then there was, like I said, like that 8 o'clock start for a couple of those games so I could – even sleep in and catch up catch the the tail end did you see um goal scoring legend canadian icon a and w spokesperson christine sinclair who's my age she's 40 she's all of 40 did you see her free kick no i missed it Mm. she she just she missed it too yeah she missed it too i think the thought of scoring in five consecutive world cups which would have been a new record when the ball was on the spot i think it got in her head a little bit and she went a little bit conservative and against nigeria and it didn't didn't happen and you know what that didn't happen but i but i I think that could have changed their whole fate absolutely could if that goes in if that bulges the back of the onion bag that changes things right lots of conjure and talk about how as we've talked about a few episodes back on the sports class, how the Canadian Soccer Federation has has done such a poor job of paying, supporting both the men's and women's teams, especially the women's teams, and and providing them the the structure to properly prepare for this tournament. And I think the Canadian women's team bouncing out at the end of the 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 round robin i think that shows that it's that's in fact what has happened you don't go from olympic medalist gold medalist to to not making the round of 16 in the world cup i think that shows that bev priestman the coach people criticize criticizing her strategy i'm not gonna act like i have great insights on the strategy of her of her system but uh didn't work they're not through (laughs) They're no. not through, straight up. They scored two goals scored throughout two the goals. whole tournament, and one of them was a non-goal. And also, all of the players on the Canadian women's team are all pros. They're all pro- playing in Europe. They're pro- all playing in the NWSL. Like These are pro 365 a year. These athletes are pro pros, right? So there's, they're, you know, they're playing against Nigeria. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm guesstimating that maybe three quarters of that team are probably pros but again like they don't have the infrastructure like there's no way that canada shouldn't be beating nigeria period i'm agreeing i, I don't i don't think that's a, a a sentence with any any other thing loaded in it i think that's facts 
And I think in an elimination game, losing 3-0 to Australia, who had um, you know not performed well prior. 4-0. They lost 4-0 oh, to the Matildas. I turned they it off. They lost 4-0 to the Matildas. I turned it off early. Mm-hmm. Love Australia. The men's team in Australia, the Kangaroos. The women's national team in Australia, the Matildas. What a great handles. It's great. It's great. And I like the, the, the gold and green. It's pretty fun, too. But yeah, the... <sighs> I'm curious to see what the next move is. Like you said, something needs to change with the infrastructure and the Canadian national women's team. You lose your coach, uh, John Herdman to the men's team. He's done a great job there as evidenced by their trip to the world cup and their awesome qualifying run. And maybe like you said, Bev Priestman, some things need to be, you know, reworked. I thought they lacked strategy against Ireland. Honestly, I'd agree. And it stinks because that's, Sinclair's last well, last stand really, and they've got a few other folks that you know. Every four years, so they're they're missing a great opportunity in a window with probably a top five, top ten talent on paper mm-hmm. team. I'd imagine on the, Jordan, the globe. Jordan Heidema plays in in Seattle. Great Canadian player, um, a young woman Julia Rossi from North Van plays with Juventus on their squad. Like these is this is a good team. My point about them all being pros, like these this Canadian women's national team, they had the players to do this and they didn't do it. Let's talk about the U.S. women's national team. So where are we at with their on the schedule as we sit here on August Friday, August fourth? When's their next match? They're playing this weekend. It's a late start time on the Pacific Coast. I think it's a 2 a.m. match, and I can't recall if that is Saturday the 5th. Or Sunday the 6th. Like tonight or Sunday the 6th. Time travel, baby. (laughs) Who are they playing? Sweden. Right. Yeah. Swedish Summers. It's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough. Those Scandinavian teams are always difficult. Norway, Mm. Sweden, whoever it is. And have, have much improved in the last five to eight years they've come a long way yeah. to those squads i yeah i agree and the other part of it um i don't have the the snapshot of the the bracket in front of me but i know that if they win they will face the netherlands, netherlands. again more than yeah. likely yeah and you know they drew with them one one uh like a couple weeks ago and then that was the final four years ago now right that, uh, u.s prevailed but this team this u.s team i'm not convinced i don't think they win I, I just I've the what I've seen. Uh, Megan Rapino, Alex Morgan, Go Bears, Trinity Rodman, Dennis's daughter on the squad. There's a lot of talent. A lot of talent. Uh, I like number ten Horvath. I like uh, uh, Chris uh, Dunn. I like a lot of their players. But you oh. know what? Something's not jiving. Something's not clicking for them. And I can tell in the pro- the pressers afterwards when they're having the conversation, it's almost like they're trying to convince themselves. The leaders on this team. The Rapinos, the mm-hmm. like you said, Morgans. Mm-hmm. They're just like I believe in this team. Or the things they're mm-hmm. saying, the language mm-hmm. they're using, is almost like they're trying to convince. And Allie Lloyd, who's you know, Carly Lloyd. Sorry, excuse me. I'm sorry, Carly Lloyd. Speaking of Fox Sports One, Carly Lloyd and Alexi Lawless ripped. Right, and Carly Lloyd being an alum, recent alum, very recent. You alum. know, uh, one of the best to mm-hmm. ever do it, mm-hmm. and she has relationships connections to that team and for her to just you know one could say just be doing her job but i'm sure she's being candid mm-hmm. 
And she how, didn't. She didn't like how that team handled their their one one draw. They didn't like. She did not. Carly Lloyd and Alexi Lawless. I'm not an Alexi Lawless fan, but they did. They did not like how they handled that and and how they moved on and the sort of post match celebration and. Yep, and that, the U.S. should obviously be dominating a big chunk of these teams. Portugal was inches away from advancing and eliminating mm-hmm. the U.S. Mm-hmm. So I'm not convinced in this team. I think they're going to lose either to. They might lose this weekend. They might lose the Netherlands, or eventually lose to Japan. But I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna do it. Let's switch to the men's. You were just you were the men's game. You were just south of the border for three and a half weeks. Lionel Messi taking the U.S. by storm with his pink jerseys and his Apple Watch, with his posing with DJ Khaled's crying child. <laughs> A little bit of nepotism there to get young, we the best young Khaled out there on uh, on the pitch, even though he didn't want to be. Yeah, where are we at with Messi in the U.S. Now, now let's remember, and we've talked about this before. You, by the I. way, can I cut you off? That kid looked like me when I was eleven in my baptism. Yeah, just crying, not, surrounded by adults. Not happy, and you know they're like, just go out there and stand by Messi, and he was like, uh, who, what? I don't, I don't wanna. Just smile. Kim Kardashian and David Beckham are over there staring. Messi in the U.S. Yes. MLS. Mm-hmm. Messi LS. Messi LS. Apple Cup. <laughs> Messi Plus. It is quite something, though, right? Like, what I was about to say, sorry, it was not that long ago that you and I were sitting here talking about in Little All Studios, and again, thanks so much for listening, that you and I were talking about how amazing Messi was in the World Cup final. And there was absolutely no fucking doubt that he is the GOAT. He's the greatest soccer player of all time. There's no question. That was December. That was December in Cutter on a hot Cutter night. There's no <laughs> doubt, right? Fast forward a couple of months. Messi's wearing pink for David Beckham's Miami FC or whatever their handle is. And they got 25000 in Miami. He's scoring five goals in two and a half games. Is Messi going to draw in the American public, Jamal? Yes. And here's why. I like it. I like this. When I was in the U.S., people who are casual fans, people Mm. who are not even sports inclined as well, were having conversations with me because they know I, I love sports and soccer. And they were just like, what do you think about this Messi? It was it was a conversation piece. Like it was like, hey, how you doing? How are things? Da, 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 da. People weren't like, what's gonna happen with Jordan Poole and the Wizards? What's gonna happen right, with right. the sale of the commanders? Sure. They were like, let's talk about Messi. Mm. Can we get tickets when he comes to DC United? Interesting. I like that. Yeah. It was crazy. I had a friend who I hung out with, admittedly not a sports fan at all, but he's Argentinian. And he was just saying how... As he swilled his Malbach. <laughs> yes. Checked his junk that it was all still there. <laughs> Too far, maybe. Go on. He was saying that when he saw... He lives in D.C. And he said when he saw Messi was signing, he scrambled to try to get tickets for you know Messi, uh, just wherever he could get him. D.C., fucking Philly, wherever. Sure, New England. Couldn't pull it off to the astronomical rate. Like, it just, the prices went up. Wow. So I think that, the casual fan, my buddy who's not really a soccer fan, mm-hmm. but just is 
catching the vibe mm-hmm. that's just out there. And it, it was, we were talking about those Fox Sports, uh, we were talking about ESPN, that the, the news cycle of 24-7. He was They're talking it. They were talking it. Mm-hmm. It's like Aaron Rodgers threw a touchdown in, in training and running backs aren't paid anymore. Look at Messi. Look like at it Messi. was like, that was the, the kind of hmm. hierarchy. Big jump, big jump for soccer in North America with his arrival and him deciding to do this and, and lighting the league on fire as one would expect he would. You know, I'm going to go out and maybe a hot take, maybe not, maybe a tepid take, but I think it has potential to have that big breakthrough that people were, like yourself were talking about and people were looking for. I think this could be our generation's Pele, like when he went and played for the, the New York uh, Cosmos or, or yeah. what have you. Yeah. Um, I think that this could be the thing that, look, MLS is fortunate that it's in the summer season. You don't have eyes, as many eyes on NBA and NFL, which mm-hmm. are the two big cash cows, two big poles in right. the U.S. Right. So you bring this guy who's won everything, everything, and recently just won the, the biggest crown. Mm-hmm. And he comes to Miami, sexy Miami, celebrities. He, and, and, and he also chooses not to go to Saudi Arabia for, for yes. grander dollars. Shuns. Shuns Saudi Arabia and their, their um, interesting ethics and says, I'm not going to do that, even though the paycheck is probably bigger. It's, he's getting Apple. I mean, he's going to, you know, it's probably, off- comm- it's probably commensurate, but, it, but he decides not to do that. He takes the leap like the owner of his club Beckham did all those years ago and says, I'm going to go to the States. I'm going to grow MLS in North America. And here we are talking about it. Yeah. He turns down a lifetime supply of sand and just comes to Miami <laughs> and he is a fucking celebrity immediately ah, bringing sand to the beach <laughs> but yeah the vibe is there people were talking messy all over the place people were watching these midweek games uh you know like i said people aren't watching like game number 98 of the mm-hmm. baseball season they're watching messy on a thursday i would yeah i would too hmm. and it's exciting they've been scoring and they've been winning and they weren't very good before he came so it's been cool, man, and I'm sure... They also have... Um, I'm blanking on his first name, but um, they got another striker by the name of Martinez who was with Atlanta FC for a long time. And oh, he was yeah. he was a dominant, like, yeah. dominant top DP in MLS. And he's now paired with Messi in Miami. And those two guys, there was a... Uh, Martinez made a sweet little soft little five-yard lob pass and Messi stroked it in the other night. Like, there's some chemistry there. So I feel like... I feel like this is something, right? When Messi, like Messi, this is the Messi effect. Let's talk about the Messi effect, right? Yeah. Messi's coming to Seattle, my favorite away barn, Portland, or heaven forbid, BC Place and the Vancouver Whitecaps. Like those joints are selling out to see Messi. Yeah. They're selling out. Again, he's the GOAT. He's not playing again for Argentina in the World Cup. I think he's even been on record as saying it. So when the World Cup comes in 2026 to North America, he's not going to be a participant. So why wouldn't you want to see him when he's still maybe not maybe not at the peak of his powers, but still mm-hmm. you know 90 percent, 85 percent? I'd argue. I'd argue. I'd argue. It was only six months ago in Cutter when he was at the peak of his power. So I would say in this moment that we're talking, he is still at the peak of his powers. Fair. I don't think it's diminished yet. That's Give fair. it a year or two, I would think it would. He's going to be part of that build to the 2026 World Cup, like you said, the North American split. 
uh, Canada, USA, Mexico World Cup. He's going to be part of that build to that World Cup. And, and what he's doing with eyeballs, I mean, he might have by the time the World Cup lands here in um, North and Central America in a couple of years, maybe North Americans care about soccer. I agree. And that's a good point because he's a consummate professional. And I think he gives enough fucks <laughs> that mm-hmm. he's not just collecting the bag. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's got a legacy to uphold. He's going to yeah. come here. He respects Beckham. He respects yeah. the MLS enough to just not, you know, eat Cubanos every day and yeah. just show up occasionally. Yeah. He's not going to be a Maradona. Did you see the uh did you see the video of him and his family shopping up like at a Publix in yeah. in Florida and they're all just kind of looking at the aisles at the uh you know, the Americanization and what is so different of probably what they had in the Can't grocery. get this in Barcelona. Thank you. Like, the difference is, like, you can see they're just strolling up and down the aisles with the cart, like, what is this? What is this? Like, trying to figure it out, that sort of cultural appropriation that is that we all would do if we moved to a foreign country, which is, you know, makes them a little bit personable. Donde esta craft dinner? <laughs> Donde esta queso <laughs> i'm sure he, i'm sure he i'm sure he's got into it somebody's pointing in that direction uh quickly quickly give me a moment on my vancouver whitecaps now the Vi- vancouver whitecaps have signed two two really notable players now now this is what i've been talking about forever jc we need superstars in the mls to drum up that interest that casual fan interest Messi being the absolute apex of that example, which we just described. My people, my favorite squad, the Vancouver Whitecaps, they just signed two people in the last couple of days. They just signed uh, Richie Larea from Nottingham Forest, uh, championship oh. team in England. And they also signed um, Sam Atacube, who, if you remember, if you're a um, Canadian men's national team fan, scored that goal in Edmonton and then jumped into the sandbank. Sorry, snowbank. snowbank yeah. Remember that goal yeah. and then jumps into the snow? I had some some of my people, my E-Town people, were at that game. And they said it was pretty wonderful, looked wonderful on the screens, and, and secured Canada's spot in the World Cup. He's actually a former Vancouver Whitecap and then left. He was at uh, Galatasaray or however you say that big club in Turkey. Now he's back. My Whitecaps piggybacking off what Miami FC has done. They're spending some money. They're doing the damn thing. They're going for it. Axel Schuster, the, the head of the program, is going for it. Get your Whitecap tickets now, JC. You, <laughs> I smell you and I going over for game mid-September. The roof will be open at BC Place. All I'm saying is I'm giving them credit for this because my Whitecaps, the Vancouver Whitecaps, never spend a fucking dime, and they actually are right now. So yeah. I'm, I'm being optimistic. My my counselor says I need to be more optimistic, so I'm being more optimistic <laughs> on the Caps. Yeah. And they're spending some dough, and they're I kind of feel like they're going for it a little bit, and it makes me happy. As it should. That's great. I'm glad that they're shelling out, you know, We've talked about the Canucks and and the Whitecaps kind of not going for it. Here's a sign of intent from that franchise. And it's been a while, so I'll take it. Mm -hmm. And with that, breaky. Break.
Welcome back to the Sports Class with Justin Jamal. We talked a little bit earlier about my adventures on the East Coast, and while I was away, Justin, you had a catch up a hang with some old buddies that were in town in victoria recently Tell us yeah, about i had a that. couple of pals thanks for asking jc i had a couple of pals come into town uh one who's a former resident one who in, lives a couple provinces over and um yeah really nice to get a couple of the old heads back in town and and had a little frivolity and kind of felt 23 24 for a while it actually reminded Ooh. me on a another episode i want to talk about of a basketball tournament I played in every every August, second or third week in August with these same people. So there was sort of that that vibe of familiarity and these these August weekends of getting together, and it was kind of nice. It transformed us back to our early days, and uh, you'll be happy to hear we rolled around downtown Victoria with um, nothing but the breeze under our feet, and it was nice. Man. It was really it was really nice. We went to Harbor Cats game. Uh, my buddy Travis in town from Edmonton, and and uh, he did want me to pass along to you that he found the people of Victoria quite quite happy and and friendly, quite happy and friendly. He didn't. He's a he's a gloss listener, and uh, we we appreciate every listener out there. He found he had a couple of he made some friends everywhere he went. When I was with him, when I wasn't with him, he was um, he he thought. He was surprised. Well, he, he had heard what your your feedback, and he was expecting the worst, and he got the best. At a certain point, you have to just look around and say, the problem is me. <laughs> so what you're telling me is, <laughs> it's not the people of Victoria. It's not the dog walkers who stare me in the face and ignore me when I say hello. <laughs> it's me. That's I'm great. the problem. That's great. Do I smell bad? That's great. Uh I gotta tell you about my new passion. You know what my new passion is? What's that? And uh, passion's a funny word. Uh, again, don't tell my neighbor, the Facebook life coach. Passion is a funny word when we lean over to each other and have a chat, like Wilson over the fence. <laughs> my new passion is flat top cooking. Flat top won't stop. I always say that's what I've got tattooed on my ass. Flat top won't stop. <laughs> I'm I'm into JC. Here's what I get into while you were, you know, spill it. Traveling the the East Coast, I I got this flat top unit I put on my barbecue. I'm cooking pancakes. I'm cooking chicken thighs. You want some bacon? You want some blats? I'm cooking it all on the flat top, man. <laughs> the 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 flat top piece I put on my barbecue, which is working really well for me. I, yesterday, actually, I bought two sort of a left and a right-handed spatula yeah. so I could kind of go full Philly cheesesteak. Ting, ting, ting. You know what I mean? Like, I know what you mean. Like the chopped cheese. Chopping cheese. Yeah. Mix it together, create the moat and the boat. I flunked out of cheesesteak school. But... <laughs> You catch me late at night on a late on a Thursday, and I'm looking at flat top units on on the internet, like separate units varying in f- price from three hundred to thirty three hundred dollars in terms of what I want my next flat top unit's gonna be. I love this. This is a healthy, good passion. Like it's a creative exploration of it is how you cooking and it takes me back to um, my time in Australia all those years ago, a lifetime ago when I was just a mere backpacker and I spent a little bit of time in Texas as we talked about. So I think, I think it's kind of pulling at some of that Southern 
you know, mm. my Southern and Australian roots. I think that sort of compiling there. I've also talked and coerced myself into believing that cooking on the flat top is less carcinogenic than cooking on oh, the yeah. barbecue. Uh, n- no data or facts to back that up. It's just... No analytics, no usage rate? Nope, nope, nope. And I'm not investigating. I don't care. I've already established that in my head, so I'm going with that. Yeah. So I'm just... I'm just flat top cook guy now it's just how i get down it's just how i get down there's a great show called the bear that you should check out okay it's yeah. a netflix product it's on god who knows what it's on here it's probably on apple plus or disney is this the guy that i see in the sort of cooking scrubs good looking young gringo this is the guy that i see yeah blue eyes kind of wild hair looks sure. like he's seen some shit sounds familiar yeah <laughs> So I'm a flat top cookout guy now. That's how I get down. You come over, you want you want some you want some fried rice, you want a grilled cheese. Like I said, you want some pancakes. I'll be making pancakes at 737 tomorrow. You can count on. I've already that's already been established. I'm gonna come to your house maybe next yeah. week, but definitely when college football, which we'll talk about later, definitely when college football season season comes, I might have to come over for a game day. Here's the other thing that I'm into. I gotta tell you a story. So I got some, pal- like I said, I had some pals in town on the weekend. We're, um, we're catching up. It's wonderful. It's really, it's so nice to see that you're talking about your parents. It's so nice. All of a sudden you realize you've had these friendships for, you know, one of these guys. I mean, we've been friends for like 20 years. Like that's wild. A, that's a mind melter that, right? Like yeah. that's wild. Half your life. Anyway, so he's in town. We're catching up. I'm out for a run on, on Saturday morning, mid-morning, trying to get loose and trying to trying to focus. I'm running, running like a Kenyan as I do, <laughs> and I'm running, and all of a sudden I see it coming, and it happens in a snap, in a in a snap, and there's a wasp lodged in my trachea, Uh-oh. not in my mouth. <laughs> Knee deep in my trachea. <laughs> I look like John Coffey from the Green Mile trying to hork that thing out. And I can't do it. Mid mid moment, I think to myself, God, I'm gonna have to swallow this wasp. It's gonna have to I'm gonna have to live with it forever. I'm on the side of the road like a jackal, cyclists rolling by, other runners, and they're like, What's wrong with this guy? And I'm in I'm in anguish. I'm in pain. I guess, man, if anything would make you want to reach back and press that button, that's that situation. I eventually, JC, I eventually end up like um, relieving this wasp from my, regurgitating this wasp out of my trachea, stings the shit out of my epiglottis. I flunked out of med school, only made it two years. Shout out to Natalie at Duke. I, I get this thing out of me and I carry on with my run, right? But I get home and I think to myself, am I going to be able to breathe here? Like, are things going to swell? It's probably been three or four years since I've been stung by a wasp or a bee or a hornet or a insert other. So I'm like, I'm not sure. So I get home, I'm drinking water. I'm like, eh. Anyway, I got my pal in town. We have, we have big, big plans for the night. For sure. First of all, I just, I'm proud of that you were able to boot and rally uh, and I'm, finish the run. Yeah, I got it in. I got it in.
And we are back on the Sports Gloss, August 4th. Thanks so much for listening. Jamal, so great to see you in the flesh, face-to-face. What a wonderful time to be alive. Now, let's talk college football and the impacts of the changes that have happened in the last couple of days. And let's be clear, JC, you don't have to be a college football fan to find this interesting. I mean, the business implications, the TV media rights, the money, the money that's floating around that's shifted the landscape down there it's quite something now what's happened to speak generally is the big 10 which is a midwestern conference has has now just as of like six hours ago has the university of oregon and the university of washington have agreed to join so that's that's kind of has finally what have transpired after after much deliberation, and that's where we are. So we now have West Coast teams joining the Big Ten, which again is a Midwestern conference. Last year, USC, University of Southern California, and UCLA agreed to join the Big Ten. So it's kind of this this seismic shift in predominantly college football, but in all collegiate sports in the United States, that geographical ties and lines no longer matter it is in fact only about the money and the tv money and the eyeballs and revenue we can generate in these moments right the reason people love and i love college football is the tradition and the pomp and circumstance and the rivalry of it and the rivalry of it. But this has now all gone to pot. It doesn't matter anymore. Everything's changed. Apple TV, ESPN, Fox, CBS, ABC, they're the ones calling the shots now on this, JC, if I may be so bold. And it doesn't really matter, right? So as a mile man ran track at Michigan, so I'm a, I'm a Wolverine honk. I detest, de- detest the Spartans of East Lansing. I hate, I hate the people of Columbus, <laughs> right? But pretty soon those geographical lines are going to be muddled, right? And we're talking about the PAC, the PAC 10 slash 12 dissolving Oregon as the linchpin of it. And to a lesser degree, University of Washington, but they're deciding that they're going to leave the PAC 12, which is a conference based on the West coast. And they're going to join the big 10. I'm being a little bit long winded, but this is a seismic shift in collegiate sports. Starts with football, then it goes to men's and women's basketball. And let's be frank, Olympic sports are a total afterthought. The whole landscape has changed. It escalated very quickly in a matter of days. We knew it was there was potential for this to happen, but just how things have unfurled this past week, we're like weeks away from the start of the 23-24 the college football season, and everything is different forever it's like having a baby Mm -hmm. (laughs) it will never be the same that's good and it's wild to me because there's so many things that you said that really resonated and you said it really well because the geographical part is something for me that is the big mind killer or like you know mind blower or whatever you want to call it because 
college football, especially someone who grew up in the U.S., is very regional. It's tribal. The Chris Long always makes the jokes about the cults mm-hmm. that you belong to if mm-hmm. you go to a certain school or you support a certain team. Which is what makes it cool. Exactly. Yes. You wear your certain colors on Saturday. You have a certain tradition tailgate. I think about like Virginia Tech coming out to like Inner Sandman is something from my region. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we talked, we'll talk about Oregon. You mentioned earlier, like, got on the motorcycle, win the day, mm-hmm. the ducks, like all of these traditions, all of these things that are unique to a certain region, city, town. Yes. And, and so many colleges are in what, you know, we call college towns, and they are the centerpiece of a town. Ann Arbor. Columbus, Eugene. These are places that they're not Portland. The, list, not the list goes they're, on. They're and the not, list goes on. Yeah. So there's so many places. Like, why would anyone ever go to, you know. Where's AM? Where's Texas AM? <laughs> College Station. College Station. Why would someone go there other than to go for a game? The yep. 12th man, Aggies, let's go, Jimbo. So, all that being said, it's it it's funny as a child of the eighties, it's kind of like kills me in a way. It's a brave new world because I'm so attached. I remember reading a book I got from my library and it was a book on all of the rivalries of college football. Nice. Like you said, OSU, Michigan, Harvard, Princeton, mm-hmm. whatever you want to say, Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia. Etc. Yeah. Oklahoma, Texas. All of these things, all of the the trophies, all of the the things, excuse me, all the things invo- involved, all yes. these yes. really strange things. So we don't even know if that's going to be something that is going to be a reality past 2024 now because of this whole jumble, as you said earlier. And I just want to give a brief shout out to all my... NCAA 2014 video game folks out there. Denard Robinson on the cover of the game. Shoeless. It's the last iteration of this game. There's one coming out in 2024, which is eerily weird and also cool. And I don't know. It's so interesting. But in that game, there is the ability, the ability after you finish a season or prior to a season to do whatever you want and be God and have conference realignment. And now here we are. That game's coming out again next year, finally, with all the NIL deals and all this stuff. And there's like conference realignment again. So that is something that came across my desk today. I want to slip this. Hold on, hold on. That an ideal NIL deal point is important, right? So at least in the last couple of years, the players, at least the top end players, are starting to make a little bit of scratch for this. Right? Yes. Previous to that, when these seismic shifts, and there has been no seismic shift like this. Never. But but at least now, a chunk of these cats, half of these cats, are getting a little bit of dough. Like That brings me a little bit of a leave to this, right? But it's it. This is just going to absolutely turn things on its head. And again, the geographical regions are are soon to be null and void. And what I think is going to happen, JC, which we talked about the other day, I think it's all going to come down to the 
media rights and what they control. I think it's going to come down to like, hey, Fox has got the Big Ten. This is the Fox Big Ten division. CBS has got the got the SEC. Hey, this is the CBS SEC division. ABC's got the ACC and whomever else they can scrape together. Done. NBC's got Notre Dame, like that kind of thing. Like, yeah, I think it's so grossly about money in this air quotes amateur athletics. I think that's I think that's just where we're fucking at. And it's again, I'm glad the athletes are getting paid, but it's off-putting and and these rivals that make college football and college sports cool, I think they're going to dissipate. I agree with you. And you know what? I heard Deion Sanders today. I don't know when the statement is from. You might have heard it as well, but he was basically saying, "You guys, the media, um, and you know the powers that be were all really, really scrutinizing all of these college athletes entering the portal, sure. going after money, sure. chasing a bag with NIL. And now, and it's always been this way, but it's like the emperor's new clothes now. The, the, the coaches, the administrators, the, coaches, the presidents. They're all chasing the bag. All of this is about money. All it's about money. Why? And, and, and I put this on the rundown. Are these institutions, these big, big time state schools and, and the other schools in these conferences, are they just so poorly managed that they can't keep their fucking asses in the black? Ooh. Like they're operating in the red. You know what I heard today on Seattle Sports Radio? That yeah. Washington State, that the Cougs, the Washington Cougs, Cougs are $100 million in debt. How is that possible? How is that possible? We're the Washington State University has been around for just guesstimating, not Google searching it, 85 years roughly. They've had enrollment of blank for those years. It's a state school. How are they $85 million in debt? You know, I have connective ties to Cal Berkeley. When Cal Berkeley renovated their stadium and and put some juice into the athletic department, both the football stadium and, and the rest of their their departments and their facilities, they're, they still haven't paid that shit off. Like, how is that possible? Like, it, the, it's so, it seems to me, it seems to me it's so mismanaged, Jamal. Yeah. It just, I don't get it. I don't get it. So now we have Oregon and Washington joining the Big Ten again. Uh, question mark. So what's the Big Ten going to do? Are they going to have a, a Western division with UCLA and USC and the two aforementioned West Coast schools? And then we're going to have the, what, like an Eastern Conference, a Western and Eastern, Eastern Conference with the Wolverines of Ann Arbor and and the people in Columbus and blah blah blah, like. How's that going to go, right? The whole cool thing about college football to me as a Canadian is like, hey, the team that I support um, traveling somewhere, hey, I can go to a cool city, sometimes a, a college town, and, and meet some like-minded folk who support the same thing as me and make some friends and have a nice weekend. That's the cool thing, right? Well, we can't do that. If you're a Duck fan in Portland, shout out to Portland and the people at McMinimins, and and you want to go to a game, what? You're going to go watch the Ducks play Iowa? Why? Why? It's not enticing. Why, right? That rivalry rivalry aspect is looks like it's going to be frittered away to me, Jamal, and I, I don't, I'm struggling with that in this moment, as you can tell. 
No, I'm with you. I was just thinking about that. The Big Ten reaches from shorter signing, you know, from sea to shining sea at this point because you've got all of these Pacific Coast teams that are literally touching the water with USC and UCLA, for example, and then, you know, up the coast. And then you have all these other teams you've pulled in recently that have been kind of these stepchildren like Rutgers and Maryland that mm-hmm. are really not, you know, remember when the whole thing went down with Deion Sanders, like, you ain't swack. Yeah. I feel like Maryland and Rutgers, you ain't Big Ten? Well, they're not. They're not. Like, yeah. the alums of a certain age for those respective schools are going to say, you know, whatever, I'm Big East or I'm uh, sure. ACC or whatever. Sure. Point being, there isn't, like you said, there isn't going to be that same kind of pull or resonation for Rutgers v. Oregon or, not like, Washington versus Maryland. Also, just the, like... Just the money involved to get these teams together to compete when they're flying five hours across the country. So, so there's a good point. So it's easy to say that about the football team, the most visible team at the, these schools. But what about the swimming team? What about the crew team? What about the soccer teams? Right? Like, how are they going to do that? Clearly, money's not an issue, or or we don't care about anything other than the money, right? Like, we'll jam these people into the Air Canada flight of your choice, JC. We can do that, right? Well, you, you, sorry to jump in, but you were saying, like, Washington State, Wazoo, for example, like, the fact that they're in the, you know... They, in the red. They're in the red. And it's like, are they, you know, buying a Maserati on a Ford Festiva budget here? Mm, like, what are we nice. doing? Like, are we mortgaging... Nice. Nice. The future just to, to get in and, and keep up with the, the neighbors, keep up with the Joneses, because I'm just like... But they're chasing dollars. The the yeah. reason... And let's be clear about that. Let's be clear about that. That's an, that's important. Thank you for saying that. The reason these schools are leaving the Pac-12 and joining another conference is strictly about money. Because they think from their rights deal, they can get more money in the in the Big Ten than they can in the Pac-12, period, exclamation mark, end of story. That is it, right? If if the Pac-10, the Pac-12 was offering more money or they had more money in the, in the coffers, then they would stay, but they're not. If we can join the Big Ten and get more dough, then we're going to do it. Even if it costs us, this is important, even if it costs us recruits, even if it costs us coaches, even if it costs us visibility, even if it makes our record, we go from a, a ten and three, ten and two program in the Pac-12 to a six and six, six and seven team in the Big Twelve. We're prepared to do that. Also, if it costs us, and to me, this is the interesting part. Also, if it costs us access to the final eight, the final four, college yeah. football playoff, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't Oregon say, hey, you guys go to the Big Ten. I'm going to stay as the linchpin of the Pac-12. Get that and automatic I can, I can win it every year, and I can get my spot in the Final Four, the Final Six, the Final Eight, however that shakes out. Next year, you're telling me it goes to 12. If Oregon and University of Washington stay in the Pac-12, they're going to make that Final Eight, and you, know, you make the tournament, anything can happen, right? Why go to the Big Ten when you got to fight with the Michigans and the Ohio States and and your consistent ability to land within the top eight schools is lessened? We just, do, you, do you hear me on that? I completely hear you. Yeah. We, we saw Oregon 
go to Ohio State, was it last year? And they lost? Mm-hmm. CJ Stroud did them? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, um, first, that's a whole other thing from a football perspective. You don't have the athletes. Right now, I'm curious. Oregon the, may. But, Oregon may. But the style, of, maybe USC as well. But the style, of, Good the, point. the style of football, uh, the Pac-10. It's different. It's different. Like, the, that's the thing. I made the comment about you're going to go watch your team play in Iowa. What? To watch Iowa fucking three yards in a cloud of dust? Well, that's the thing. Like, Iowa last year, I remember the joke was the whole bit was just like the, uh, the defense was, their defense was scoring more than their offense. They were winning games where teams weren't putting up more than 10 points against yeah, them. They're winning games 9-6, JC. Yeah. Yeah. But who, like, what yeah. Uh, yeah. UCLA fan is really behooved to go to Iowa City? Ames. Ames. And, like, around think- American Thanksgiving mm-hmm. in the snow. To watch Uncle Chip try and throw it around in the snow. It's, <laughs> it's not going to go well. It's not going to go well. Kids are jet lagged. There's so, there's so many. This is there's so many this layers a, of this levels. Is a, there is. You're right. There's so many layers and levels to the seven layer dip, and this is a brand new world, right? Like we don't know. This literally unfurled six hours ago. We don't know what it's going to look like in a year. So just to run through it, like just to kind of wrap my mind around this. So the Pac-12 exodus. 2024 you're, you're looking at usc ucla oregon university of washington colorado prime time arizona arizona state and utah four corners gone 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 that's wild very wild how many teams did you just list there uno dos tres cuatro cinco seis siete ocho oh eight teams gone from the pac-12 see si. three quarters of the team's gone and and now the the prevailing thought is because of the eyeballs and and the the TV households in San Francisco Bay Area. What's Cal and what are Cal and Stanford gonna do, right? Right. So they're gonna what are they gonna move to the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, and and Utah and Utah, which has been a linchpin to your point that you just made. Eight schools that, that bears repeating. Eight schools have just left the Pac twelve. Pac four. And and in Utah, which has been um, a devout Pac-12er, and and yes, that is a Mormon blast. <laughs> hey, I'll take it where I can. I'll take it where I can. And and they're they're moving on, right? Ty, um, mm-hmm. I want to say yeah. Ty, Ty Willingham, or yeah. whatever that guy's name. He's been there forever. I mean, Utah is a a huge program maybe the biggest program in the state they they won the pac 12 last year they beat usc twice when utah's on tv as you mentioned on a on a pac 12 late game i'm watching because i like like they hit fucking hard i like watching utah not feel they you. got a bunch of samoans like i like the samoan angle i like that no i feel you it's true i know somewhere rick majerus is smiling yes like yes. it's in St. Louis, East St. Louis. <laughs> There's, no, I'm with you. They they came in, they were a later addition to the Pac-12, but they're a preeminent team in the Pac-12. Even you can argue in other sports as well, and now it all evaporated. It's gone. And like you said, like, I'm wondering, like, does, I mean, I heard crazy, potentially crazy things like, does Stanford join the Ivy League? Sure. 
Sure. Probably not, but maybe. Who knows? But maybe. And and or does like so we just said Cal and Stanford are at this moment of recording, they're still in the what's left of the Pac twelve, right? So do they stay and add a Boise State, add a San Diego, San Diego State, State? Yeah. Uh Hawaii. Maybe Hawaii. Like do they and do they build that? But then but then but again, then maybe they have an avenue to to make the final 12, 8 that they didn't have before. But it's just, it's such uncharted territory. And again, it's really interesting. And, and you don't have to be a college football fan to get it. Like, it's a it's a seismic shift. And it's all about dollars. It's all about dollars. It's, we, a, bit, it's a bit gross. It is gross. Yeah. And it's a bit hypocritic, uh, hypocritical uh, thinking about, like, how everyone's criticizing the the athletes and things. And now everybody else is, is getting the bag. But I was going to point out, it's ironic and and funny to me that um i'm not a stanford fan i'll admit but it's funny that stanford's left kind of holding the bag here and like they purely from a football culture perspective probably fit the big 10 way more Mm -hmm. than any of these past uh, any of these teams nice if you look across like their d and o line they're putting guys in the league they got they got First, second round, third round talent on the lines. David Shaw recruited really well on the lines. He got big fucking hosses on the lines. They run the ball well. They they uh, like you said they have the front seven is strong, mm-hmm. skilled positions. Meh. But 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 no one goes to the games. But no one goes to the farm for the games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm curious to see what's the name of the quarterback who played for the Colts who went to Stanford. Oliver Luck. That's his dad, <laughs> Andrew. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew Luck. He's probably on a hike right now as we speak. Yeah, he's hiking. Oh, 31 years old of him, or 33. Ret- retired. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, it's a, it's it's crazy days in the NCAA. It's wild. I think um, we talked a little bit earlier about, like I said, like this. It's this cross pollination now. I'm curious with the brand. Like you were talking about Oregon off mic. We we're talking about the fact that, like, on this coast, you can throw a rock and everybody's gonna know what a Ducks uniform looks like or whatever. But like, like I said, like the people of Piscataway, New Jersey, the people of Bethesda, Maryland, the people of Bloomington, Indiana, are now gonna be. Like what's this? So mm-hmm. for them, for Phil Knight and and Co, maybe this is a bit of a it's, which it's which clever advertising, right? But it yes, it is. But which which bears the question? Like again, Oregon doesn't need the money. They have Phil Knight's Nike money. Great point. So why are they chasing? So why are they chasing these ESPN dollars? Right to up their revenue? Like they don't need it. Right, and they really are, you know. Shout out to my boy RP, who's a UW honk and and one of my besties. But like, that they, they're the linchpin of the Pac-12. They don't, but they don't need the dough. They don't need the dough. Why are they chasing? No. Why are they chasing dollars? Like, what's their angle? Their angle is they don't want to be the last person to ask somebody to prom. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Get what a getting's good. All this, I want to. We're saying all this. And I want to, I want to kind of work in a Q and A with J and J. Have it. Q and A with J and J brought to you by premature evacuators. Huh. 
you heard me right. You might ask, what's a premature evacuator? Yes. We were talking earlier about things you can do on a plane, egregious criminal things. And for me, at the top of that list, one of those things is standing up mm. immediately while the plane is still taxiing. Before you're called. Before you're called, removing your items from <laughs> the carry-on oh. above your head oh. and just sitting there. So what, I'm just, what an asshole. And we talk and speaking of assholes, because I'm an aisle sitter, I got a lot of asshole in my face. Because you, premature evacuator, are so excited. You're so excited to stand in Stand up, stand up. Stand and just hold your bag. Meanwhile, they've turned off the AC mm. and everybody's getting mm. sweating because it's mm. fucking thirty-eight degrees outside. Mm. Smells like COVID. <laughs> And the premature evacuators, oh. as far as the eye can see. So thank you, premature evacuators. You're going to get where you need to get to in the same time amount of time if you wouldn't I. have gotten up early. But that being said, the question, the Q&A with J&J here. Wait, hold on, I got another sponsor for the Q&A. Oh, hit it. Before hit you me. have your question. Let's do it. Q&A with J&J brought to you by Bye. 2023's. Favorite summer treats? A trip to Europe or divorce? <laughs> what are you into? Because those are the only options. <laughs> yeah, we went to Italy. Cool, man. Must have been wonderful. Must have been. I can only imagine having never been there. Ah, Rachel and I split up. It's over. I got an apartment. We're sharing the kids. Europe or Devo, summer 2023, get it in ya. <laughs> oh, man. You must know people who are going to Europe, and you must know people who are getting divorced, because I have multiples of these in both categories. I do. I won't name names, but yes. Yes. <laughs> Dif- yes. Probably different from yours as well. Yeah. My point exactly. <laughs> So the question we kind of mixing in here, we've been talking about the Pacific uh, realm, if you will, and as well the Big Ten. But I'm curious, everybody else is making out like bandits. Is the ACC in trouble? And the reason I ask is because I've heard various different takes on this. Some people say ACC's screwed. FSU, Florida State University wants out now they're kind of a big dog there in mm. football yeah preeminent in basketball too they've sent some guys to the league uh so the acdc need to hit the panic button that's the question i have a take i'm curious about your take give me the top the top programs in the acc right so it's florida state in football and basketball shout out to your boy charlie ward yes sir we've got Clemson football. We, we got Clemson in football. We got Carolina, the heels in both football and basketball. Duke in basketball mostly. Yeah. UVA more recently in basketball. Yeah, a lot of big time programs there. And then yeah, you got your smatterings of like Syracuse, Boston College. Nothing to sneeze at. Virginia Tech, Nothing Wake Forest, at. NC State, yeah, big schools, big Georgia schools. Tech, Ramblin' Rec, etc. Right. So they want they want to divide and conquer. So. 
they seem to just think there's uh, strength in numbers and solidarity, and they want to kind of hold firm. They've got their own kind of networks. They got, heard a, bad, some, they got a bad media deal. They did. They signed they a 12-year media deal, Oof. and it's, it's paltry in comparison, especially to what we just described with what's happening with the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. It's paltry. Sounds like a hockey deal in 1998. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. I think there might be a glowing puck behind that ACC deal. <laughs> All this being said, um, I have thoughts, but I'm also going to borrow a thought because it was so goddamn good. I was driving to run an errand uh, after work in, today. Oh, I thought you were talking about in Virginia when you were mm. listening to a little bit of Fred Smoot in the afternoon. Fred Smoot in the afternoon. We're on a boat. Afternoon delight. <laughs> With some pros. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't Fred Smoot's idea you're borrowing? No, it wasn't a, a one-eyed purple people eater. It was uh <laughs> Don't talk about Dante Culpepper like that. <laughs> Don't you do that. Number eleven on your agenda. Number one on the boat. <laughs> Give me the ACC talk, JC. Give it to me. I gotta stop laughing first. Give it to me. Tears, Come on. Tears coming down. So here's my ACC take. I'm borrowing some of it. This could be an, a brilliant pivot for the ACC. Stick together. If you can hold it together, if you can get FSU to buy in and stay, remain there. Hopefully Miami is back again. Hopefully Florida State. Mario Cristobal would say they are. <laughs> yeah. Right. Jim Laranega would say they are. Right. And Uncle Luke would say they are. Right. So Miami's making moves. Things are happening. That's in the basketball. football and basketball team coach. Yes, sir. And then hopefully Clemson's gonna be Clemson again, right? They've yeah. Thabo's still there? Yeah, your favorite uh youth pastor. Thabo? Yeah. Thabo creeps me the shit out. Well he should. Yeah, he's he seems like a bad guy. He is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Onwards. So let's say the ACC says, you know what? This is an opportunity to get stronger. Hmm. Notre Dame, we got them playing five games a year with ACC teams. Not coming to the ACC, though. They're not. Okay. Notre Dame wants to land in the Big Ten. I think it's Big Ten. I mean, Ten. geographically and like it uh, makes sense. hereditary it makes sense. I mean, it makes vibes. Sense. It makes sense. You're in South Bend, Indiana. It's just natural. You're playing, uh, you know. Penn State, Michigan sometimes. The Northwestern Hazers. Nice. New handle. Yeah, I like it. Christened. The wild hazers of... Uh... <laughs> but yeah, so that is their natural landing spot for sure. It just fits more so than going to Miami on November 12th or something. Right. So what does Notre Dame do? Do they just hold on to their NBC deal, do yes. all that stuff? Da, 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 da. Yeah. But they Notre Dame holds on to their NBC deal until the Big Ten is juicy enough for them to, to do it. They need... That kind of capital. Yes. Notre Dame plays Air Force in fucking Dublin at the end of August. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the power of Notre Dame. And, and everyone's going watching. To Euro- they're going to Europe to play Air Force, who they're going to beat like a drum <laughs> 27 to 7. Yeah. Put it down. Put that in your Bet365 app. They're going to, Notre Dame's going to beat Air Force 27 to 7 in Dublin, Ireland on August 27th or whatever the last week in August in, 
is because they have that kind of pull. And people were talking about the the geography of the Pac-12 and the Big Pen 10 and this weird merger that we're facing. People are going to go to Ireland. Notre Dame honks. People are going to leave the Midwest and go to Ireland to watch Notre Dame beat Air Force in Dublin. No, I'm with you. And you know what? It's funny, too. I feel like you can't be a preeminent college football power if you're playing teams running the triple option in 2023. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're playing military academies on the reg, what are we doing here? But anyway, all right. So you can could, if you have your own TV deal. Yeah, for sure. Right, you can. You can play whoever you want. The Notre Dame poll is real and far because I remember being in Virginia and. There were some Notre Dame honks who, one, one didn't go to Notre Dame, mm-hmm. two, weren't Irish, <laughs> and they still, still like if you were like the nothing me, like a black man in a leprechaun hat. <laughs> I'm a leprechaun. If you looked at me, you're like, you know what, Jamal, you know what, I just really want to get back to my roots. I'm a Notre Dame fan. I'd be like, you know what, fuck it, cool, great, got it, Mister Kelly. Never. But anyway. Let's get to this. Like, here's here's my plan. What if, what if ACC says, you know what, South Carolina, you have a rivalry with Clemson. SEC is getting a little too big here. It's a little too bloated. Mm-hmm. Come, come talk to us. Geographically, it lines up. Mm-hmm. You got a lot. You're gonna save a lot of money on travel here. Gamecocks, come on down. What if they say, hey, you know what? University of Kentucky. Louisville's already here. They're your rival. You got the other blue bloods from basketball here. UNC, Duke. Join the party. That's a good point. University of Kentucky. SEC's bloated. Come on down. Geographically, this is a fit. You have Louisville and Kentucky, the two biggest teams in that state by a wide margin. And Kentucky's basketball mad because there aren't any professional teams there. The closest I mean, team the, is the Memphis. biggest team in the University of Kentucky is the Kentucky Wildcats men's basketball team. Exactly. Second, secondly, I think is probably the Louisville Cardinals. Yep. And then thirdly, if you want to get to, it, is probably Cincinnati, right across the Ohio River, right mm. there. Shout out to Kenyon Martin. So hey, Cincy, you want in? Your football team's been good. You've it been playing been in the playoffs. Yeah, Luke Fickle. Yeah. Bob Huggins ain't here anymore drink driving. So why don't you come on down? No, he wasn't drink driving. He was returning his recyclables. <laughs> These are empties. Yeah. So that's my pitch. ACC, you know what? Stand strong I like and it. try to pull some people. I like it. Try to pull some. You know what? Hey, we've got really prestigious academic institutions mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. also really strong in a lot of other sports. We're not the top echelon. We're not Alabama football. We're not, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But basketball, Duke and UNC are going to pull. UVA is going to pull in basketball. NC State's going to pull. Yeah. Yeah. So my answer to the question is, I think this is a potential opportunity. The US, uh, sorry, the ACC is not necessarily in trouble. This is actually a possibility for them to ramp up the sports gloss is back on an august 4th thanks so much for listening out there whatever you're doing however you're in taking this jamal and i appreciate it greatly find us on instagram at the sports gloss send us a note send us a picture happy to hear from you 
We'll be coming up with new apps every week. JC, what do we always say? Survive in advance. Peace. Peace.